What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And so here, he is our Ephesians 2.18, through whom we have access. Why? Because it says that in John 14, 6, John 14, 6 is really a verse about access. When it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. When it says, I am the way, I am the access. I am the way into the White House. I am the way into the heavenly White House, the eternal White House. I am the way to God. When it says in Colossians 1:14, Colossians 1:14 by whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, that's like our badge. That's like our entry badge. Our entry badge is like the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us access to God because it gives us forgiveness with God. Now, so the ladder in this scene here is the access. It's the approach. It's the approach to God. It says in Psalm 65.4, Psalm 65.4, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts, and we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. So this verse in Psalm 65, 4 is saying, that's a very fortunate person that has the ability to approach God, who has the ability to approach God. When we receive, or when we received the Lord Jesus Christ, we gained an access to approach, an access to approach God. And so it says in Jeremiah 30, verse 21, Jeremiah 30, verse 21, their nobles shall be of themselves, the government shall proceed, and I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. Who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord? We engage our hearts, I'm gonna go to God. I'm gonna approach God. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to come before God. I'm going to reach out my hands toward God. That's an engagement of our heart to approach God. And God looks at that, who is this who's knocking on my door? But it's only those who are in Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have that access to be able to reach him there. 
It's a wonderful word, engage. You know, it reminds me of the Volvo. I have this old Volvo car. I have a 1987 Volvo car. Volvo car. That's what I have. And it has 300,000 miles on it. And, I, and there are Volvos that go a million miles, so don't worry about it. And so anyway, so my Volvo car is very interesting because when you're on the freeway and you're driving along, you know, and you say, okay, I want to pass a car. So you floor it on my Volvo car, and it makes a lot of noise, but it doesn't go any faster. It just makes a lot of noise. It's very good at making noise, but it doesn't go any faster. So you don't try to pass cars in this Volvo car. Well, you know, it's kind of like that. And you say, well, what, how, why? Why? Well, it's something I don't understand. Something in the in, in transmission doesn't engage to make it go faster, but it makes a lot of noise. Well, sometimes people are like that. They make a lot of noise, but there's no real movement toward God. And God, God is looking for those who will engage their heart to make a movement toward God, not just say, I want a God, I want God, I want God, but really to read and study their Bible more fervently and to come to church and to go to Bible study and to, and to be serious about God. Okay, when a person engages themselves like that, then the latter is useful. The latter is useful. The Lord said, I am the door. The door's kind of like the ladder. It's sort of like the access. He says in John 10, 9, John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be safe or saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. These words, by me, through him, are very essential. Nobody comes in except by him. He is the ladder. He is the ladder. So here Jacob is. He's down here, and he sees this ladder that is, that is set up here, and it goes to, again, it's this behold word, it's the wow, and then there's heaven at the top. Now, this alone indicates, if nothing else, that Sheol, or hell, is not the end for man. Man can go to heaven when he dies. If he's made his peace with God, if man has made his peace with God, I was just on the phone tonight with a rabbi friend of mine, and I was telling him about my other friend, uh, Dorothy, who, who recently died, a Holocaust survivor. I think I told you about her. And how before she died, she was talking to Sergio, a Christian, and Sergio was telling her all about the peace that he had in God. And, and she said to him, how do I get that peace? This is three months before she died. How do, she was 88. How do I get this peace? And he explained to her about coming to God first as a dirty, rotten sinner, not as a righteous person, but as a real shlemiel, as they say, and then opening up the heart and asking God to save and, and asking Yeshua, that's what he called her, him, Jesus, to come into her heart and save her from her sins. And then he just said, didn't say anything. And then a week later, he asked her, he, says, uh, he said, did you do that? And she said, yes, I did. And then she died three months later. So I was talking to my rabbi friend about that, and I was saying, you know, this is what happened to my friend Dorothy, and I said, and now I'm going to see her again. And he says, of course you're going to see her again, because there is the resurrection of the dead. He's a Jewish rabbi. Is there a resurrection of the dead? I said, yes, there is a resurrection of the dead, but there is a resurrection to life in heaven, and there is a resurrection to Sheol in hell. And hell, and the, the fact that Jacob sees this ladder shows that hell is not does not have to be the end of man. Man can go to heaven if he has peace with God through, Romans 5.1, through 
Therefore, Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about through. It's all about ladder. Colossians 1.20, Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of his cross. The blood of his cross. So the ladder, it's explained here that the ladder is from heaven to earth. From heaven to earth speaks to us of the Lord Jesus Christ who came from heaven to earth, from heaven to earth. Then it talks about that the ladder is also from earth to heaven, from earth to heaven. And this speaks of, of what we send up the ladder, which is prayers, which are spoken of in Revelation 8.4, Revelation 8.4, as the prayers of the saints that ascended up before God, and praise, and praise, from Hebrews 13, 15, Hebrews 13, 15, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, giving thanks to his name. So why is there a, why is there a ladder needed? Why is a ladder needed? Why did God set this ladder up? Because there is a separation between heaven and earth. Heaven is closed. It is true what Bob Dylan's song said, knock, knock, knock on heaven's door because it's closed, because communication has been cut off, because contact has been stopped. And why did this happen? Why is there this, this close in the communication? And God says, clear from Isaiah 59.2. Isaiah 59.2, God says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The contact has been lost. The communication has been broken because of your iniquities, because of my iniquities, because of your sins, because of my sins. And so what does the ladder do? The ladder was set up, not by Jacob, but by God, in order to reestablish the contact, to put back the lost communication. The ladder is like a reconciling uh, between Jacob with God. It establishes communication again. The ladder is like a mediator, a mediator. And so, therefore, when it speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ in John 1, in John 1.51, it says about him, it says, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the mediator He's the mediator, as it says in, in 1 Timothy 2, 4, and 5. What's he the mediator for? For God's desire. What's God's desire? 1 Timothy 2, 4 says, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So that's the purpose of the ladder. Now, we consider where it says here that the ladder was in verse, you can see that in verse 12, behold a ladder set up on the earth. Set up, marvelous words, set up. This was a ladder that was set up. This is not a ladder that Jacob saw lying on the ground and he had to set it up. This ladder was already set up. Who set that ladder up? God set it up. God set it up because this was God's intention when he set up the ladder that there should be this bringing near of man back to God. It says in Psalm 68.20, Psalm 68.20, he that is our God 
is the God of salvation. And then it says in Isaiah 46, 13, Isaiah 46, 13, where God is speaking, I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. Now, the top of the ladder, it says, reached to heaven. What a great word, reached to heaven. It reached, God wants there to be a way for man to reach God. And the ladder didn't fall short of heaven. The ladder didn't fall short. The, the ladder was not too short. It was adequate. It was adequate. The ladder reached to heaven. Just like when the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth, it says in John 1.44, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of God the Father in him. So the Lord's, the Lord's incarnation, it's when the Lord became a man that the ladder was set up. That's what it means in Philippians 2. Philippians 2, 6, where it says that he, the Lord Jesus in heaven was in the form of God, he was God, and he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself, and just picture this, as he's coming down from heaven to earth, that he's actually like the ladder that's being stiff set up, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And then down here, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's a wow, that's a wow. Now, the next thing they see on this ladder here in verse 12 is that there are angels of God. And it makes a point in verse 12 of saying, behold the angel of God, that were ascending and descending. They're going up, they're going down. And so you say, what are they doing? What are these angels doing? Was they going up and going down? And we learn in Hebrews 1.7, something about the angels, the essential mission of angels in Hebrews 1.7. It says, of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Angels are the spirits that God has made to be his ministers. Angels watch over and they protect. According to God's command, God charges them, says you go and you watch over this person and, you, and he gives them a charge. In Psalm 91.11, Psalm 91.11, he says, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Satan, on the other hand, he gives a charge to his demons to destroy. He says, the thief cometh not but for to kill and to destroy. So he says, you go destroy, you go kill. But God says to his angels, you go protect. You watch over them, you keep them. So therefore, the angels are going up and they're coming down. They're coming down with fresh orders from God. They're coming down with a fresh word from God which he sends like the rain to bring it to, to, with a purpose, and they're going up with reports to God. They're going up with reports to God. And so they're going up and they're going down, and they're doing what God wants them to do. And we see them doing this. We see the angels there in the life of the Lord Jesus. They're coming down, and they're feeding him, and they're strengthening him after the temptation in Matthew 4, 11 and 12. Matthew 4, 11 and 12, they're doing that. And then we see the angels uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane after he's prayed so intently that he's, he's sweating blood and the angels are coming and strengthening him, getting him ready 
for the next phase, which is gonna be the cross, and they're there, and then after the resurrection, God's telling angels, you go down there to that tomb and you sit on that tomb and you wait for those people to come and they're gonna be afraid. And so you go talk to them. And another angel, he says, you go down to that tomb and roll that stone back, roll that stone back from the door. It wasn't so he could get out. It was so that they could realize he wasn't there. And when the the ladies came to look for him there in the tomb, they say, fear not, don't be afraid. That were orders from God. Those angels had order from God to tell those people, don't be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus. And they explained to him, he's not here. And then they say, come and see. So they're leading, they're guiding. And they say, you see, he's not here. And then they tell the ladies, go and tell. Go and tell. So they're giving commandments. Then they're telling them that you will see him. There you shall see him. They give him a place. So this is what the angels are doing here. In John 20, 11, John 20, 11, all this is happening here. And these are the angels, they're guarding the tomb. And sometimes they're asking questions like they did to Mary when she started to cry because the, because the body of Jesus wasn't there. Wasn't there. And he, he said, woman, why weepest thou? Woman, why weepest thou? So this is the angels, they give strength, they give commandments, they bring the word of God. And basically, the role of angels in, in, in Psalm 103, verse 21, Psalm 103, 21, it says, Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. They do the pleasure of God. That's the role of the angels. They simply do God's pleasure. And they're going up and they're going down. They're not stationary. Angels are not stationary. They're working a lot. And maybe like you, maybe like me, when you get to heaven, you're gonna find an angel that said, boy, did you wear me out. Man, <laughs> I didn't have time to sit down and eat a sandwich. Well, so these angels, especially in the case of Jacob, they wore him out. They were going up and they're going down. And they, they were descending from heaven to man. And again, that shows the Lord Jesus Christ. But especially when it says that they were descending, you know, it's very much like the picture that God gives, as we mentioned last time, of the rain. He says, you know, God says, I want you to look at the rain. And when you look at the rain, we just had rain. And as you look at the rain, I want you to see it didn't just happen, the rain. It was sent. And God says in Isaiah 55.10, Isaiah 55.10, as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, Got this picture in your mind? And he goes on in verse 11, Isaiah 55, 11. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So the word of God, like the rain, is sent for a purpose. The word of God, like the rain, is sent to bring forth food or fruit or life. And that's what the word of God does. And that's why we are told in 1 Peter, you were born again by the word of God. You were born again by the word of God. You can almost picture God saying to his own word that comes out of his mouth, now you go forth and you make there to be life in this person. You make this person to be born again. You make this person to come alive in Christ, and that's the word of God. So it's a coming down, we get this aspect from the angels descending, 
And we also get this aspect from the, the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven. When it says, when the Lord Jesus said in John 14, 26, John 14, 26, he calls the Holy Spirit by a name, the Comforter. But when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, again, coming down from heaven, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So God the Father is sending the Holy Spirit down from heaven to us tonight. And he's saying to the Holy Spirit, you go bring them comfort. Your name is the comforter. He's saying to the Holy Spirit, he's saying to the Holy Spirit, you teach them. And then he's saying to the Holy Spirit, and things they have known and things they have been taught, you bring again to their remembrance. You cause them to remember again. That's the all encompassed in this picture here of the descending, the descending. And then they're ascending also. They're ascending also. And you can picture the angels coming back, coming back from earth. And just like messengers, and God says, well, what, what is it? What is it? And they bring reports. And they bring, they actually, they, they carry prayers. It says in, in, in Daniel 10, 12, Daniel 10, 12, spoken to by an angel, Daniel 10, 12, then said he, the angel, unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words, for thy words. And so, the, so the, this is the angel. So this message that we get from the scene of the angels ascending and descending on the ladder is this constant communication between heaven and earth, this constant carrying back to heaven of what is being thought about on earth so that God can judge and give orders, this ascending and descending, it's this constant carrying back to earth that is constantly coming from heaven, advice from God. God said, I think you should do this. And it constantly, it, it, there's a constant going on. And you, what you see here. Like I said, there's no rest. There's no rest in this. There's no resting day and night from this service. It doesn't say anything about, you know, there were some angels who, who you know, they worked for two hours and they got to take a 10-minute break, so they're off there taking a break. It doesn't say anything about that. They're not taking a break. They're not taking a rest. It says in Psalm 121, verse 3, Psalm 121, verse 3, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So they're going up and down. It's very dynamic. It's a very, very constant interaction between heaven and earth. And this is what he wants Jacob to see. He wants Jacob to see this in this ladder here because he wants Jacob to know, look, Jacob, you think you're all alone out there in the desert? You think that nobody knows where you are? You think that you're lost out there? You're not. Because what I'm showing you is that even though you might put your head down to sleep on a pillow of rocks, there is a constant communication between me and you through a ladder and angels that are ascending and descending. You may have wandered from God, your Father, but you have not wandered from God, your Heavenly Father. And that's the message of the angel. And that's why it's so important in verse 12 when it says, behold, a ladder set up. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our ladder. And thank you, Lord, for being in constant 
Lord, watch care over us, communication with us, help with us tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.